This is a podcast by the Business Times. Singapore stocks dipped slightly at the open on Monday, August 18th, slipping 0.2% to 3,264 points at the open and closed at the first trading day of the week, shedding 0.4% to end at 3,257 points. Safe haven US dollar hit a three-week high on Tuesday after weak global economic data revived concerns of a global recession. At the midweek, Singapore stocks opened higher after data from Enterprise Singapore showed a 20th straight month of growth for key exports. Non-oil domestic exports rose 7% year-on-year in July, easing from the previous month's growth, which had been revised to 8.5%. New Zealand's central bank this week delivered its seventh straight interest rate hike and signaled a more hawkish tightening path over coming months to restrain stubbornly high inflation. The RBNZ raised the official cash rate by 50 basis points to 3.0%. Minutes from the US Federal Reserve suggest more rate hikes are likely. And government data released on August 19th showed Japan's core consumer inflation accelerated in July to its fastest in seven and a half years, driven by fuel and raw material prices and adding to the cost of living for households yet to see significant wage gains. The core consumer price index, which excludes fresh food prices, rose 2.4% in July from a year earlier, matching a median market forecast. It's Friday, the 19th of August. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Today, Singapore stocks open lower, tracking inversely to the global market. The Straits Times Index was down 0.2% to 3,267 points shortly after the open. Here's Lionel Lin, a director of research at SGA Securities, with his wrap of the week. It has been a rather flattish week for the STI in the past four sessions ending Thursday, relatively in line with the broader Asia-Pacific benchmark. For the third quarter to date, the STI saw a price gain of 5.5%, ahead of the FTSE Asia-Pacific benchmark's gain of 3.7%. The year-to-date price gain for the STI is at 5.8% as compared to the mid-teens decline seen in the broader region. We take note of the year-to-date institutional fund flows in the Singapore market. As it stands now, the overall Singapore equities market saw a net institutional inflows of around 330 million Sing dollars as of 17th of August. The sectors that have seen the highest inflows are telecommunications with an inflow of 523 million Sing dollars, industrials inflow of 455 million Sing dollars, and real estate companies, inflow of 346 million Sing dollars. On the flip side, financials saw the greatest outflows of 813 million Sing dollars, followed by REITs, outflows of 352 million Sing dollars, and technology, outflows of 293 million Sing dollars. On a company level, Singtel was the recipient of the highest institutional inflows of 627 million Sing dollars followed by City Developments, $272 million Sing dollars, and Keppel Corp, $244 million Sing dollars inflows. The non-STI constituents with the highest institutional inflows are SPH, Samcorp Marine, and Escort Trust, at a combined $184 million Sing dollars worth of inflows. Across the Singapore market, we took a look at the outperformance so far for the week to date for companies with market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars as of 17 August data. 
property developer Kongfok Corporation was the top performer with a gain of 10.7%. Last week, the company reported net profit for its financial year first half rising 80% year-on-year with revenue rising 30% year-on-year. Management attributed the revenue growth to increase in sales of Concourse Skyline residential units, net increase in rental income, mainly from Yotel Singapore. Management noted office and retail units leasing momentum is generally healthy and expects stable occupancy rate of its other investment properties. On the residential front, they expect the market to remain strong but expect rising mortgage rates to impact sentiments. On August 12th, Hongfok Corporation bought back 2.86 million shares, paying between 99.5 Singapore cents to $1.03 per share. Since the beginning of the current mandate on April 27, Hongfok Corporation has bought back 1.6% of its outstanding shares, excluding treasury shares, which has already surpassed the 0.94% of shares bought back on the previous mandate. Investment holding firm Pacific Century Regional Developments gained 10.5% in the week. Last week, it reported first-half profit of $8.5 million, a reversal from the $8 million loss a year ago. Management stated the group's results are substantially dependent on the results of its major investment, PCCW. The group also announced a proposed distribution in specie or share staple units of the HKT Trust and HKT Limited. Shareholders will have the right to receive their entitlement in either staple units or cash. Conglomerate Straits Trading Company gained 6.2%. The company reported EBITDA for its first half of this year surging 3.9 times to 729.1 million Sing dollars driven by strong contribution from its real estate segment with a net disposal gain posted. The group's resources arm Malaysia Smelting also posted a 3.8 times increase in net profit driven by higher average tin prices. Management remains committed to disciplined capital deployment and sustainable growth as well as value creation for its shareholders. The group has also declared a special dividend, distributing either ESR shares or straight trading shares to entitled shareholders. This came post the divestment of ARA Asset Management to ESR Group, which generated an IRR of 18.2%. The other outperformers included real estate firms such as Cinemas Land, Goko Land, Propnex, and manufacturers Nanofilm Technologies. AEM Holdings and UMS Holdings. We saw commodities and resources names amongst the underperformers for the week, together with other maritime and offshore names. Here's correspondent Harvey Lim with further insights from the Business Times news desk. Investors are keeping a close watch on inflation levels and interest rates as August rolls on, but they're also actively looking for opportunities in the markets, such as opportunities to buy on dips. The week began on a slightly dour note for Singapore stocks and other markets in the region as investors kept an eye on the tensions brewing in Taiwan. By midweek, local shares inched up on the back of some positive fronts on macroeconomic data. Data from Enterprise Singapore showed that Singapore's key exports in July grew for the 20th consecutive month. However, retail sales in August unexpectedly snapped its six-month expansion streak, falling 2.8% year-on-year in August, due primarily to a 17.5% drop in motor vehicle sales. While economists believe business will be slow in the months ahead, some remain cautiously optimistic for a full-year growth of up to 10%. 
The key event on the minds of investors this week, however, was the release of the minutes of the U.S. Federal Reserve's July policy meeting. The Fed officials saw little evidence that inflation pressures in the U.S. were easing and indicated they would probably not consider scaling back interest rate hikes until inflation subsides. While there were no specific details, the minutes pointed to more rate hikes in the pipeline. However, the central bank did stress the need to slow the pace of rate increases as monetary policy tightened further. It also referenced the risk of monetary policy being tightened more than necessary to restore price stability. Still to come, continued tensions between the US and China did weigh on markets this week. We take a closer look at other news and drivers with Lionel Lin and Howie Lim. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Singapore's non-oil domestic exports saw its 20th consecutive month of growth at 7% year-on-year, though it moderated from the revised 8.5% growth seen in June. The growth was mainly driven by the export of electronic products, which expanded 10.3%, and accelerated from the 4.1% growth in the previous month. Specifically, momentum was seen in semiconductor chips and disk drives. For the non-electronic segment, The growth slowed to 6.1% and was slower than the 10% in June. Key contributors were specialized machinery, pharmaceuticals and ships and boats structure. Lionel, this is glass half empty, glass half full sort of news, isn't it? So what else is there to note? To recap, 2Q NODX expanded 9.1% year-on-year, building on the 11.4% growth in first quarter. Enterprise Singapore forecast NODX to see 5-6% growth for the full year of 2022 on the back of oil prices and electronics trade. Street analysts are forecasting NODX growth to moderate for the remaining months of the year. In a recent interview, Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong stated that Singapore's inflation is expected to peak in the next two to four months and will start to ease thereafter. Mr Wong added that the extent of this easing towards year-end and where inflation rates will stabilise at are big uncertainties, where potential inflation rates may settle at a higher rate given the macro environment. Mr Wong also added that the Monetary Authority of Singapore has tightened monetary policy four times in the last nine months to dampen inflation and the government will continue to monitor the situation very closely with targeted measures to help vulnerables with rising prices put in place, some of which are still being rolled out in the coming months. The MAS next monetary policy statement is scheduled for October. Singapore's marine fuel sales spiked in July by almost 10% month-on-month with 4.12 million tonnes, mainly driven by lower oil prices which attracted more ships to refuel here. Lionel, give us a breakdown of some key data points in company earnings. SIA announced it carried more than 2 million passengers in July, the first time it hit this level since the start of the pandemic. This is a 7.5% month-on-month growth and close to 1,300% higher than last July's number. The airline's capacity reached 67% of pre-COVID levels in July, while passenger capacity was 4.9% higher month-on-month and 107.8% higher year-on-year. Passenger load factor reached a new high of 87.4% and was the second highest number in the group's history. Thai Beverage and Fraser's Property have established a 50-50 JV in Thailand, 
with an initial registered capital of 50 million baht. Amongst others, the JV will explore a potential 2.2 billion baht share subscription for a 50% stake in Better B Marketplace, a wholly owned indirect subsidiary of the Siam Cement. This will be subject to satisfactory due diligence and the requisite approvals with no certainty or assurance that the potential investment will materialize. The two companies said they have incorporated must be company with an aim to collaborate in the advancement of technologies and digitization of both parties. Escort Residence Trust is proposing the acquisition of nine serviced residences, rental housing, and student accommodation properties from its sponsor, the Escort Limited. The acquisition will span across five markets Australia, France, Japan, the US, and Vietnam. According to the manager, the aggregate purchase consideration is at 215.2 million Sing dollars and the estimated total capitalized cost is 318.3 million Sing dollars. The trust also launched a private placement to raise 150 million dollars with the issue price ranging from a 2.8% to 5.4% discount to the REITs VWAP. We also highlight some of the notable company earnings for the week. ST Engineering announced its first half net profit, declining 5.4% year-on-year due to higher transaction and integration expenses for its Transcore acquisition and the tax-exempt effect of the job support scheme. Revenue grew 17% year-on-year, driven by higher contributions from all business segments. Genting Singapore reported a 4.3% year-on-year decline for first half net profit, even as revenue grew 19.5% year-on-year, as the company benefited from the lifting of COVID-19 restrictions and pent-up tourism demand. The company grew revenue in both its gaming and non-gaming sectors, although international tourism remained below pre-pandemic levels. Genting noted that the casino license for its resorts, World Sentosa Casino, was renewed for another three years from February 6, 2022, which led to an increase in intangible assets. UOL Group posted earnings up 306% year-on-year for first half and June, mainly driven by fair value gains for Clifford Centre, Singapore Land Towers, Faber House and Odeon Towers. The group remains cautiously optimistic about the outlook amidst rising inflation and tightening monetary conditions. ComfortDelGro's first half net profit grew 30.4% year-on-year, with revenue also growing 6.7% year-on-year on the back of stronger contributions from all but its taxi segment. For the rest of 2022, management expects inflation rates to pressure margins across the group, but expects public transport services to continue to be supported by fuel indexation on public bus contracts. Though uncertainties remain of the indexation formulas in the longer term should high fuel prices persist. Olam Group net profit in the first half was up 1.8% year-on-year as higher finance costs partly offset strong EBIT growth. Management is positive on business prospects and do not feel there is any change in the medium-term guidance in terms of volume as well as EBIT growth. The company expects revised sales pricing and margin recovery to gather pace in the second half of the year and expects to deliver a better year-on-year performance for the full year. AEM Holdings net profit in the first half grew 180.3% year-on-year as it grew from acquisitions and customer wins. Management has also revised 
2022 revenue guidance to 750 to 800 million Sing dollars, representing a 33 to 42% year-on-year growth. Samcorp Marine reported lower net loss of 143 million Sing dollars for the first half of the year, a significant improvement from the 647 million dollars loss a year ago. Net order book crossed $2.5 billion with $1.9 billion worth of new contract wins in the first half of the year. Management stated that it is seeking public feedback on the proposed merger with Capital Offshore and Marine as part of a customary review process with the overall process of obtaining global antitrust clearances underway. The EGM to vote on the proposed merger is expected to be convened in the fourth quarter of 2022 after key approvals and other regulatory submissions are completed. On a year-to-date basis, the STI is up 4.8%, but from last week, the index is up just a paltry 0.1%. On the commodities front, gold failed to get a sustained lift from the Fed minutes with the US dollar quickly recovering its initial losses and wiping out any gains for the precious metal. Oil prices have edged up from their six-month lows after a drop in US stockpiles. The substantial drawdown alongside record crude exports provided a boost for the commodity. However, market watchers have warned that there are many factors at play in the oil market, and traders could be taking a more cautious approach considering how close a decision on the Iran nuclear deal appears to be. Howie, what should investors keep their eye on for the week ahead? Over the course of next week, Singapore will announce a number of key economic data figures. Inflation rates are slated to be announced on Tuesday, and industrial production figures will be released on Friday. On the whole, markets are expected to be volatile in the coming weeks as investors decide between playing it safe or taking risks. All eyes are likely to be on the usual suspects, such as inflation levels, troubles in Taiwan, and the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Lionel Lin, Director of Research at SCX Securities, and Howie Lim, Correspondent with the Business Times. That was a podcast by the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.